What's happening, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Super Mercado Brothers Video Game Music Podcast. Thanks so much for joining us, guys. This is the podcast where we share and discuss the very best in video game music. My name is Carl Brueggemann. And I'm his brother, Will Brueggemann. Thanks a lot for joining us. On today's podcast, we're going to be doing something that both Carl and I really enjoy. Uh, basically, once a season, towards the end of our season, you know, we've done it, seasons one, two, and three, now we're doing it again, uh, we like to have these what we call original showcases, which are essentially where um, we're just going to be sharing the music that we've written, because we feel by doing this, it sort of helps to give context to some of the opinions and some of the things that we talk about on the podcast and when we analyze music this will sort of give you a context of where we're coming from as musicians because you can sort of hear the type of music that we enjoy creating yeah so this is music that we've composed um there's a couple games projects that we're working on right now and we're going to kind of unveil a couple new ones uh today and we're also going to talk about a really exciting new project a new album we'll get to that later um that will be coming out um very shortly probably within maybe like a month or so uh, so that's very exciting news. But yeah, we love these episodes to, to get to share with you guys uh, some of our music that we've been working on. And I think it's always fun, you know, as a video game music listener to to discover new stuff. So, you know, I think yeah. hopefully you guys enjoy hearing some stuff that you've never heard before. Well, because the big thing about um, Carl and myself is I'd say the number one thing about the Super Mercado Brothers for us is uh, the compositional collaboration. Yes. So it's really um, the music that we written together that to us really defines what the Super Mercado Brothers is. Um, we love doing the podcast and the podcast is super fun, but I think our main goal is really on composing video game music. And before, you know, a couple of years ago, before we had any projects working on games now we've had some experience not a lot but some experience before we sort of would uh make music based on other series or make what we would think would be good video game music for a game if we ever got mm -hmm. to work on one so some of this is going to be in the category of homages some of it is just going to be like well i'm imagining some game in my head and this is the music that would go for it and some of the music that we're going to be playing will be for upcoming video games that we're working on absolutely so yeah what you heard playing in with was one of my tracks that was called the high road and that was a, a funk piece of music very road heavy now high road that's spelled r-h-o-d-e and that's obviously um referencing the fender roads which is a type of electric piano so did you have to pay fender for that name there's there a trademark underneath that let's uh, <laughs> not talk about that yeah so yeah so that was a fun funky track so i think we're going to start things off actually with a track of wills will this is a track from of cosmic proportions oh yeah so this track that we're going to play is uh called freezy breezy galaxy now just um in case you're not aware or if it's been a while uh of cosmic proportions was an album of 12 tracks all original music by carl and myself 
and it was our effort to make a very authentic homage to the music of the Super Mario Galaxy series. Now, if you listen to the podcast, you know how much we love the music and the games to that series, so we really wanted to pay loving homage. We've played some of the music from this album in previous original showcases. This is one that we haven't played before, and this was my sort of take on um, a Mario snow level. So this one isn't trying to be as orchestral in nature. Far it's from sort it. Of, it's actually yeah, trying it's to be more, more general MIDI-based. Yeah, yeah, it was more modeled on... Because the weird thing about this project that we did is that uh, we would try to have very realistic, authentic orchestral sounds mixed with intentional general MIDI. Which is what you get in Galaxy and just yeah. in general a lot of the modern Mario games. So this so. is one of the latter where it was just trying to be a good snow level. So I guess without further ado, this is Freezy Breezy Galaxy. You're listening to Freezy Breezy Galaxy, and that is from the album of Cosmic Proportions. It's obviously a nod to the Mario snow levels. You know, some of the things you hear instrumentally, you hear the sleigh bells, which you always hear in snow levels, and also the accordion. And the accordion is kind of a cool instrument because I feel like the accordion is at home uh, in kind of tropical or beach music as well mm. as snow levels. It's kind of, it always works, doesn't it? It's something that you hear a lot in Mario music, and I think it's sort of that little bridge that's trying to maybe sort of wink at the Italian yeah. nature of sort of There's actually, Mario's in this heritage. track, the melody is accordion. There's also the chords are a different accordion instrument. Yeah. 
we actually, what we did, uh, this is kind of a fun, just, you know, letting you guys know our process here, is the accordion instrument that's playing the chords was kind of sequenced on the computer, and the accordion instrument that's playing the lead was actually performed on a keyboard. Yeah, it was played live, mm-hmm. and it was using, um, not MIDI, but the actual sounds mm-hmm. of the keyboard, so there's two different accordion sounds, because we thought that the one on the keyboard more matched that sort of classic general MIDI yeah. sound that you would hear in, like, Sunshine but or Galaxy. But one problem we ran into when we were performing that is the touch sensitivity made it sound too real so we actually took off the touch sensitivity yeah. of the keyboard to purposely make it feel a little bit more digital right which was kind of fun so because one of the challenges working on uh this album is that um we were using we, we didn't have access to an actual orchestra so for the tracks that we were trying to make sound authentic we were doing that with virtual instruments so we needed to have a clear gap for when um it was supposed to intentionally sound right uh, midi and when it was supposed to sound authentic well, now we're going to play a couple tracks from uh, another album of ours, kind of a tribute album, if you will. This is Zero-G Super Satellite Racing. This is our tribute to the music of the original F-Zero for the Super NES. Uh, we're going to play a track that I composed for this project. Uh, this is a track called Spaceport Speedway. This is the first track on the album, and we have yet to share this with you guys. So please enjoy Spaceport Speedway. Spaceport Speedway from Zero G Super Satellite Racing. Uh, this track is composed by Carl, and this album was sort of kind of like an EP. There were only like seven tracks that we did right. for this one, um, as opposed to Cosmic, which was a bigger project. This was sort of a nice kind of palate cleanser for us, and this um, project was really fun because. Um, Obviously, there's something like VOPM, which is a plugin that allows you to use um, MIDI inputs on a computer to authentically represent the sound chip of the Sega Genesis. But there was nothing like that for the Super Nintendo, so we sort of developed our own system of using a sample player and then ripping our own samples from Yeah, games. ripping the samples from F-Zero, from these yeah. actual SNES games. So that's why it, it sounds like F-Zero, because it technically is it's the exact same samples from F-Zero. Yeah, so we would use the instruments, and then essentially, like, for every instrument, we would have, like, th- three or four different pitches or sounds um across you know the range that we'd want it to be and we would switch depending on where it is because essentially like sample players uh they pitch it up and down artificially um so what happens is if a sample that we would ripped for like let's say a sustained note would have vibrato on it and go ah, what
what the sample player would have to do, it would speed it up when it goes higher. So it would go, and, and, and that's the actually really the same high. kind of thing you do hear on the Super Nintendo a lot. But with to a some little of bit lesser effect. When you, I think about the Link to the Past string samples, you know, sometimes when they get really high, the sounds more like a drill. Right. Uh, so it's the same kind of a thing. But yeah, so so it was interesting. It was an interesting challenge. But at the you know at the end of the day, when when the project was completed, we were very satisfied with how authentic technically it sounded because these are the actual samples. It was so much fun to hear to you know compose a piece on the piano to have it in your head and then to hear it being played with that classic like yeah. f-zero saxophone for example was just right. a treat for us because well, one of the things that uh we try to strive for whenever we do like an homage is to match the tone um in in the best way that we can and that's um i think the first and foremost thing is typically the composition trying to find things about a composer's style that makes it memorable obviously not trying to lift something too specific because then it starts to sound like a ripoff but sort of we imagine to like be in let's the say vein, yeah though. like let's say there was an f-zero sequel and they wrote new music exactly same composers mm-hmm. you know what would that sound like that's what we were trying to go for is like it sounds reminiscent of this composer. Yeah, we want it to sound familiar, but also timeless and new and fresh. And so the instruments can help to sort of merge the gap between our efforts to match the compositional style and what F-Zero actually sounds like. So those instruments sort of help smooth the gap between those two. Okay, so now, Will, we're going to play another track. And this is the last track from this project that we have to share. So after this, you know, we've shared everything. This is Red Volcano. Oh, yeah. So this was uh, the second to last track, I think, on this album. And yeah, this was um, a track that I made just to be sort of contrasting to the other stuff that we had on the album. This is meant to be sort of a fire level. So the tempo is a little bit uh, slower and it's a little bit more marchy. I wanted to have sort of an ominous It's more ominous. There's a lot of dissonance. So yeah, this is a cool track. Please enjoy Red Volcano.
You're listening to Red Volcano, and this is um, one of the tracks that Will composed for our Zero-G Super Satellite Racing album. And yeah, at this point, I think we've shared every all seven tracks from this project with you guys. And yeah, I just, I'm really excited for today, if you guys stick around to the end, because at the end of the episode, we're, we're going to be unveiling some new stuff. Some, even, if you're, you know, even if you're a fan of Super Mercado Brothers, it's going to be new. This is stuff that we've never shared yeah. before with anyone. So we're, we're really excited about kind of the end of the episode for some exciting announcements. But yeah, this is... Um, Really, it's really fun for us to revisit listening to these tracks. We haven't listened to them in a while, and this was such a fun project to do, especially coming off of the heels of Cosmic. This was a lot easier, I would say. It was a lot more enjoyable. Um, technically, you know, we had to work with the samples, which is a little bit of a challenge, but it's so fun to compose this kind of rocking 16-bit style music. I, If it were up to me, I would just want to always compose it. This is so fun to compose yeah. this kind of music. I completely agree. I think one of my favorite things is trying to get in the mindset of sort of the culture of where some of the best video game composers were at. You know, obviously we love to talk about the great Japanese video game composers. And so, um, to me, like, when I was trying to work on some of this stuff, I wasn't just thinking about... uh, the sort of superficial sounds of the game, like, oh, does it sound like rock or jazz fusion or something? I was trying to think of, like, what sort of... um chord biases do they bring to the table based on pop music or cultural Mm -hmm. music in japan so some of the chord progressions are sort of based off of that sort of concept yeah well now we're going to move on to a track of mine this is a vopm track now will mentioned vopm that is a vst that emulates the sound chip of the sega genesis that fm synth sound chip so this is an original sonic genesis tune of mine this is called forgotten airbase uh, this wasn't on any album. This was kind of just a standalone track. I believe I released this a couple years ago. Um, this is a track that um, kind of I kind of wanted to have a little bit of sense of sadness and kind of melancholy, but also have a nice groove to it. So please enjoy Forgotten Airbase. This is Forgotten Airbase, which is an original Sonic homage by Carl Brueggemann. You know, if you guys know, Carl released three full-length albums of Sonic music, and that still isn't enough for him. He still loves to make this (laughs) stuff. And he also made an entire soundtrack 
for a Sonic fan game called Sonic Classic 2. So Carl just loves the entire musical world of Sonic the Hedgehog. And also, there are a lot of people that are asking me for a Sonic-esque 4, so it is something that I do have a little bit plans to do in the future. That's crazy, man. Yeah, the, the I what I really like about uh, your Sonic stuff is that um, I feel like there's a nice balance of paying reverence to... I think one, two, three, and Knuckles yes. are basically the only things that you're looking at, but slightly Sonic 3D Blast a little bit. Yeah, but um, well, yeah, a couple tracks, but <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like you're doing a good job of paying homage to that. But you're also sort of uh, putting in—you're not afraid to put in your own musical taste into right. the world. And what's nice about that is I feel like you get both with the Sonic esque I feel like it's a little bit more clear homage where some mm-hmm. of these um, ones that aren't on an album or even like the stuff for Sonic Classic 2 it's sort of like if you were working on the Sega Sound Team you exactly. know what type of song would you make what would for I that bring game? to the table you know, what I like about that is it's not just an homage it's not just trying to sound like another composer it's sort of like putting yourself in the mindset of like okay I'm going back to the early 90s what would I do exactly yeah. no that's a very important distinction that's one of the things I loved about just doing these standalone tracks is some of these VOPM songs I did were not Sonic-y at all. I actually did one that was kind of a ode to ease. Yeah, I remember that one. Um, so yeah, there, sometimes I would go, you know, off in different directions. But yeah, no, it's, it's a lot of fun to, to write these. I just, I love writing this kind of music. Yeah, and if any of you out there are interested in making music uh, with the Genesis sound set, look up VOPM. It's an excellent plugin, and what it allows you to do, you can actually load sound sets from any Genesis game. In specific levels. So you can yeah. load what are called OPM files, and that loads up, for example, Angel Island Zone Act yeah. 2. You can load up all the instruments that yeah, were used It's in incredibly that level. useful because coming off of uh, something like Family Tracker, where you actually have to program all the music, mm-hmm. that's sort of like the equivalent for the NES. Uh, you don't have those presets. You're sort of on your own. You yeah, have to so, make your own instruments I mean, and stuff. But the only difference is Family Tracker is literally, it sounds exactly like an NES, where VOPM technically, it's not exact, but it's pretty dang close. Yeah. And if you combine it with the real drum samples and, and an actual a composition that feels like it is Genesis, it will fool a lot well, of people. Well, and there's so many instrument possibilities on the Genesis, so even if it's not emulating it perfectly, I mean, it, mm-hmm. you, you're not really going to be able to tell the difference. Where with something That's like true. the NES, there's very little that you can do so every different slight change in pulse width you're going to identify well cool now we're going to really change things up here we're going to play a track of wills from his solo album the hero time forgot this is a really slow sad piece called bella's lament yeah so just a little talk about this uh this was just an album of i love to write you know just instrumental music uh, a lot of it sounds ends up sounding very kind of japanese so i wanted to put together an album of sort of uh slow um piano type ballads that's sort of reminiscent of some of the music that we'd get in like jrpgs or you know games like shenmui sure well please enjoy bella's lament
cool. That was Bella's Lament. That was a solo piano piece composed by Will off of his album, The Hero Time Forgot. Probably the most somber track on that album. If you guys haven't uh, checked that album out, feel free uh, to head on over to our website and go to our original music. You can check out most of what we're sharing with you today will be available. All of our albums that we've previously released are up there, and you can um, just you know have fun taking a listen to some stuff. We actually just released something a few days ago, and we're going we're gonna to get to that later on today's episode but yeah that was a really beautiful piece i'm a really big fan of this album it was really fun because you know a lot of times even when we're doing solo stuff we get the other person's help and involvement with some production and some mixing so it was really fun for me to help out will with some of the production on this album and kind of collaborate in that sense he would bring in the music and we'd kind of work on it together which i really enjoy doing that kind of stuff right well an example is i recorded my buddy will to play violin on the first track and so uh we sort of edited the violin and did mm-hmm. um uh we did manual pitch correction on that uh mm-hmm. together but yeah it, i i just love working with carl because uh we we sort of collaborate on a similar wavelength and we work at a similar speed so it's sort of which useful. is very fast <laughs> yeah so e- even if we're doing something individual um it's always sort of fun to involve the other person because uh, especially, you know, if we're going to put it up on our website or release it under the label of Super Mercado Brothers, we do want to have the feeling mm-hmm. like there is a collaborative. But aspect what's cool is we don't have to do that because, like, at this point, both of us are definitely competent enough to deducing by ourselves. So it is fun that you know Will could just send me a finished track too, and that would work as well. So it's fun that we don't have to do that, but we enjoy doing that. You know? Yeah, I definitely don't <laughs> have to do that. I'm totally competent. No, I'm just kidding. There's definitely at least one track today where it's. 100% you. Oh, wow. Yeah. There is? What are you... No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> All right. So now we're going to move on to a really uh, two really kind of fun sister pieces. Uh, we're really excited to share these. Um, you guys know how much we loved that acapella track, Magical Voice Shower. God, I love we, it so we much. We played it again for our Greatest Hits 2013 episode. Yeah, after so, we played it for that Greatest Hits, I, I'm, I, I couldn't mm-hmm. get it. I could only find the YouTube video. And on my car, I would just play it mm-hmm. on loop like, for yeah, days. So, so that's such a great track. So we wanted to you know try our hand at making an acapella video game track of our own. So we each made our own uh so we're going to share both of those right now with you we're going to start off with mine this is called dream driving and of course this is an acapella video game track so this is performed all just with one voice just all my voice on one microphone and i double tracked it all the harmonies all the bass lead it's all um you know recorded with one mic so even the vocal percussion yeah the effect is to sort of um kind of like if you're familiar with smooth mcgroove where he does those acapella covers of video game too so he's Mm -hmm. using his voice to replicate all the different lines um we're sort of doing that but writing it for original music right absolutely and definitely on this one i did feature some copy and pasting uh, to try to almost how to make some of it feel like kind of digital which is fun Mm -hmm. but yeah this is a lot of fun please enjoy dream driving acapella Da 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 da
This is Dream Driving. God, I really love this song. You know, Carl actually did this right after we got our SM7s because we got them at the same time because we knew that if we were going to switch mics for the podcast, we'd have to both buy them. So we waited till we both had the money. Uh, We went to a guitar center, picked up the mics, came home, and then the next day, Carl emailed me this (laughs) song because, you know, one thing that the SM7 is great for is uh, it's it's a pretty quiet mic, so, so there's you low don't get, noise. Yeah, you don't get a lot of uh, room noise or bleed. And also another thing is you don't get a lot of that just that white noise that's right. inherent to recording. So if you were to take another mic and record twenty vocal tracks, yeah. you'd get a lot of noise, and you don't get that on the SM7. Yeah, so it was sort of fun to be able to do this because we sort of assume. I think that's what uh, the Uchis who did the Magical Voice show. Yeah. I assume this is the mic that they used for that because it's just sure, perfect yeah. for this. But yeah, I love this track. The vocal percussion is great the eqing's great um i really actually like your use of autotune i tried mm-hmm. a lot of autotune on mine but it didn't work i my voice just doesn't work with autotune i think well, i use too much vibrato yeah that that is a difference our voices are very different i have a lot more of a drive i don't have as much vibrato i kind of have to purposely try See, to I'm add just it, so you, theatrical you have I that kind so of dramatic. classically trained kind of theater voice with vibrato so that actually has you'll run into some autotune problems so yeah. that's actually one thing I like about ours is they're so different. Yours feels more performed right. um, than mine does. but And that's sort of, I enjoy that. I like to try to challenge myself to see how good I can get the pitch. But sort of mine was almost more thought of like an acapella piece where what I like about yours, it's like you're doing instruments. Yes. Where I don't think mine necessarily... Um, as authentically replicates But what's cool about yours is it really feels like a Mario piece. Uh, yeah. And what's fun is I did vocal percussion for Wills as well. But yeah, this is... I'm really excited to yeah, share Wills I actually, right fun now. story, I tried to do vocal percussion myself. I'm a terrible beatboxer. <laughs> like, I'm awful. I, yeah. I have so much respect for those guys now because yeah. it's hard. But yeah, the, the difference between that and, and this is this... A lot, again, there's a lot of copy and pasting here. So this yeah. wasn't a live beat... You'll guys hear this isn't a live beatbox, beatbox yeah. performance. So what's cool is the beatbox is probably the most digital aspect of this next song but yeah personally i kind of like i like carl's better than mine i really enjoyed that song dream driving and i was just so impressed because it was very shortly after we played magical Mm -hmm. voice shower and i was really impressed how he was able to sort of capture that energy sort of that jazzy video game energy and some of those cool rhythms but yeah yeah. well no they're very different and i actually i've had wills stuck in my head for probably about week and a half now so i'm really excited to share this please enjoy wills track sun's shiny acapella Ba 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 
Cool, you're listening to Sun's Shiny. That is Will's acapella track. A lot of Koji Kondo influence there. I'm a really big fan of the chords and the melodies and also how the feels change. I noticed this when I was doing vocal percussion is that most of the song is slightly swung, uh-huh. just slightly. It was mm-hmm. actually kind of hard to match your rhythms, right. but there's one section where it's like 100% straight, yeah. which was really cool, and it really yeah. gives a lot of contrast to the piece. But well, because that, that section um, is the the bridge I think you're talking about, and yeah. there's sort of a harsh juxtaposition because it's this very kind of uplifting thing, and the chords suddenly get a little bit more tragic. Which is so cool. So I, I didn't want it to be bad at... Bad, but <laughs> it wouldn't really but, fit. Yeah, but it didn't. It didn't really. It's really cool. It's kind of more yeah. of a Latin feel. Well, there. yeah, it implies more syncopation, and that's something Koji Kondo does sometimes, yes. where he'll like change feels. But mm-hmm. there's all this implied syncopation. Yeah, that's. Underneath. Oh, I just love that track. That's so catchy. Thanks, well, man. this is awesome. We're gonna now play a few of the remaining tracks from Of Cosmic Proportions that we haven't shared. So after this, after these three tracks, we'll have shared everything with you guys. So let's uh, get this over with here. Uh, we're mm. gonna play a track of mine that I'm really excited to share. This is called Stroll in the Valley. Now, in Mario Galaxy... I can't believe we haven't played this yet. We haven't yet. played this yet. Now, in Mario Galaxy 2, one of the great things is they actually hired, in addition to the orchestra, a big band, the Mario Galaxy Big yeah. Band. And that was, you know, used even more effect in Mario 3D World. Right. You know, almost the entire well, so soundtrack. So timely, we just got the soundtrack yeah, to 3D Mario 3D, 3D World. World. So, so this is a big band track, because if you guys remember Throwback Galaxy, they right. did with a big band, and there's also the Yoshi Star Galaxy. So I wanted to do a track on this album that was kind of a big band jazz feel dude you know what's so cool is i was i'm so happy in retrospect that you did that because i think so much of the early mario music is trying to go for that sound but what was so great is this is before there was any announcement that 3d world was going to have absolutely that big band soundtrack so you know it kind of is timely to have (laughs) this because it it does kind of fit with the style of that new mario game yeah so i was trying for this one i was trying to just compose a melody that if you just were to take the melody and the chords it could fit in mario 64 or or Yoshi's Island, or just, you know, just kind of a nice first stage of a Mario game. Very jazzy, but something that I would orchestrate for a big band. Um, so this features, uh, the only real performance on this one is myself on guitar, as well as Marty actually on alto sax. Yeah. So he did a great job on this one, but a lot, uh, the rest of it is samples, but uh, I'm really happy with how this turned out. Please enjoy Stroll in the Valley. <laughs>
Cool. That catchy piece is Stroll in the Valley from Of Cosmic Proportions. This one's composed by Carl. Yeah, and he really hit that sort of Mario big band sound. It's really sort of like a big, lush jazz orchestra in it. Um, what I enjoy about this one, and I think is sort of on the nose, is it's those very sort of indulgent jazz chords and sort of using the big band for all the effects, like the punchy hits and all the different stop rhythms. It's fantastic. And uh, one thing that I know Carl really got a good use out of is we used uh, East West Goliath for some of the brass instruments. Yeah, the pop brass is probably the best thing about yeah. Goliath, but yeah. Hollywood brass also for that muted solo trombone, mm -hmm. which reminds me of Up <laughs> for some reason. <laughs> but yeah, um, I think we should probably move on. This is a track of Wills from Cosmic. This is Juggernaut Galaxy, kind of an ode maybe to something like Battle Rock Galaxy, something with a little more tension. Please enjoy. You're listening to Juggernaut Galaxy. That was one of Will's tracks from Of Cosmic Proportions. You know, it really kind of filled in the gaps of the one thing that we didn't have on that album. We didn't have one of the more kind of dramatic battle themes. So it was right. nice to get that. And um, yeah, I think this is incredibly on the nose for Galaxy. Yeah, to me, was, my two inspirations were uh, Battle Rock Galaxy, obviously. And honestly, the Mario 3 um, ship mm -hmm. thing. Because oh, I, I think Battle that. Rock Galaxy was sort of like, I think they made the orchestral version of that airship theme. And Battle Rock Galaxy was almost like an extension in that world. So this was sort of. I hear that a lot with the of rhythms that. of the marching, yep. the triplets, and eighth note combinations. I hear that a lot. Yeah. A lot of the Mario 3 influence there. But yeah, no, that's such a great piece. And it was really came, came together well with the samples. We're really still really pleased with you know, how these orchestral samples turned out. 
So now we're going to play a track of mine. Uh, this is called Arabella's Lullaby. This was kind of inspired by Rosalina's storybook theme, you know, that really soft, pretty, just kind of music box, electric piano theme. I wanted to make something like that. Well, and a cool story behind the name of that, originally Marty was going to write um, a song on the album inspired by the observatory waltz, the mm-hmm. observatory waltz but it, it didn't it it didn't end up quite working out just with the track order but he mm-hmm. actually finished the song and it's really good we should share that song sometime but mm-hmm. what's cool is that name came from marty actually came up it was called uh arabella's watchtower so then the I fact believe. that we didn't include that i wanted to still have that name because i thought yeah. the name was really spot on so yeah please enjoy this is a really soft kind of emotional piece called arabella's lullaby Bella's Lullaby, um, the last track we're going to be playing from Of Cosmic Proportions. This might be one of my favorites on the album, because this is one of the last ones that was written. Um, I remember when Carl sent this to me, it was really kind of an emotional thing, because this this project took a long time. It was a lot of hard work and a lot of hours spent writing and sequencing so when i heard this it was very emotional because it was such a delicate piece and just the juxtaposition of how sort of kind of over the top uh the rest of the music on the album was very right. orchestral and loud and powerful so the juxtaposition of this very sweet and simple piece was really kind of emotional and yeah i still really like it i think it has a great melody well, now we're going to move on to um, a track of Will's. This is an orchestral piece called Dance of the Spider's Web. Yeah, so this is essentially um, my ode to classical and romantic era music. Um, I love that stuff, and we hear that so often in video games. I think the biggest example would be something like Dragon Quest, where mm-hmm. basically like every single soundtrack has so much homage to classical, and especially romantic yes. era music. Uh, specifically for this one, though, Tchaikovsky. Yeah. Uh, it's almost like your tribute to him. Yeah, exactly. So, I, enjoy... I wrote this the day after I got back from a Minnesota Orchestra concert, where they just did mm-hmm. a Tchaikovsky set. Sounds about right. Please enjoy Dance of the Spider's Web.
Cool. Man, I feel like I'm listening to the Nutcracker here. This is so spot on to, to that kind of music from Tchaikovsky. You're listening to Dance of the Spider's Web. What's so crazy is I feel like the triangle is almost the most important instrument to evoke that feel of something like the Nutcracker. You always get those really playful triangle hits. And like you were saying that it's really important where the triangle comes in. Yeah, the big thing about the triangle is that it's almost never on the one. It's accentuating the offbeat, the ding, ding. Exactly, it's so playful. It but yeah, no, my favorite section is the really quiet. Yeah, that's probably the yeah. most on the nose. Yeah, because the thing with doing that section is like there was an interesting era where um, what I love about the Romantic era is it's it's is its exploration of harmonics. But there's sort of a fine line to walk because you don't want to push it too far so that it starts to sound 20th century and it starts to sound like jazz. And mm -hmm. sort of also, you know, when you're going for romantic, part writing and voice leading is a big thing. So I wanted to avoid, you know, never having any parallel fifths and things like that. But... Yeah, that was, uh, I had a lot of fun working on that piece. Awesome. Well, this is very exciting. We're now going to play a few tracks from an upcoming space shooter, a PC space shooter that we're doing the music for, and we're so excited. We've played one track before for you guys. We played stage one for you guys, which was called Soaring Through the Stars. And actually, a couple days ago, we did release an album of some of the music for that upcoming game, and we're calling that album Soaring Through the Stars. Right. So you guys can listen to all this music. If you head on over to our website, you'll see right on the homepage on the very left-hand side it says listen to our most recent album it's going to be right there so this is from soaring through the stars we're going to play stage two which is called against uneven odds and this is a great project because we incorporated um you know distorted guitar mixed with a lot of kind of fm kind of arcade style video game sounds mixed also with um some kind of nes 8-bit sounds yeah so as well. the thing that i want to talk about this project is uh the main thing that's interesting is uh our collaboration uh, the main way that this worked is that uh, Carl would come up with the chords and rhythms. He would sort of have a groove, and he would sequence that and do all of that himself. So he would have the drums and the chords and all the things. And then my only job was to write the melody. So for every track in this game, that's how it works. But the cool thing about it is we wanted to have a combination of eras because the game itself is in homage to, you know, old games like R-Type. But mm -hmm. it's coming out, you know, in the... 21st century exactly so it needs to have sort of some bridge between the two so that's why the chords there was always sort of guitar some real instruments some fm instruments but the melody was done on fami tracker and that i would program the melody so then we got this mixture of sounds so you were combining the best of the old and the new so please enjoy against uneven odds stage two
Yeah, we are incredibly proud of that track. This is Against Uneven Odds. This is stage two from an upcoming PC space shooter. Uh, you can find this right now if you head on over to our original music page. We have an album that we're calling Soaring Through the Stars, which features some music from this upcoming game. Yeah, it's mainly just because we're so excited about the music to this game. And this is actually a game where, you know, we didn't sign any contracts, so we're allowed to release the music mm -hmm. for it, you know, whenever we want. So that we just were really excited about it and wanted to share what we have so far with you guys. Yeah, the only unfortunate thing is we're working on a couple games, and I think probably the one that maybe Carl and I are the most proud of uh, we can't share a whole lot about mm -hmm. the music and stuff of that game, but we're really excited for some of the upcoming stuff. And this game has just been a blast to work with. Uh, the creator's just been fantastic, incredibly professional, and there's um, a fun collaboration because, uh, you know, every time you work with a developer on a game, they're, they're sort of, uh, it's all dependent on the relationship. Some people mm -hmm. have a very clear idea of the type of music they want and the type of level, and you're just servicing that. But what's been really fun about working on this game is he's really allowed us to um, make music, and he's basing certain level design concepts around the music that yep. he hears. And there's a very fun collaboration. And so it's very really inspiring it. as a composer to, to have that happen because yeah. it really makes you want to make creative music. So we're going to play a couple more tracks from this project. Here is the main menu theme. This is the main menu from an upcoming PC space shooter composed by the Super Mercado Brothers. Once again, you know, so the groove, you know, was, was done by me, you know. I sequenced all of it, and then Will added the awesome melody with Tracker to really complete the package. Yeah, it's really fun. I think um, my favorite thing about music, and I think both of us, is melody. Um, and melody is something that I really like to take a lot of time to work on, so it was very fun dividing up the roles that way, because... In general, I'd say I'm kind of I'm more pitch oriented, and I think Carl is much more rhythmic oriented. So it's very much playing to both of our best skills. Because you know, Carl's a drummer; he's so percussive. Well, one one he's reason why tapping it was so fun for me personally is the melody is the one thing that gives me a little stress because there's a lot of pressure. I really need to make this good. But the groove stuff never gives me stress. It's yeah. actually quite easy for me to do that. So making a piece like this where I was like boom, 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 making the bass and the drum 
bombs and the groove and those ostinato things. That was not like difficult, and it was so much fun to do that. Right. And it was great to hand that over to Will and have Will have to compose the well, melody. Well, the fun thing is uh, being, you know, adding something on top. Uh, it's yeah. fun because that NES thing, it immediately has this nostalgic quality to it, having the Tracker. I'd had experience working in Tracker with that uh, Mario project that I'd done. Um, but yeah, it was really fun to sort of, you know, hear and listen to it. Cause if you're imagining listening to a song like that without the melody, it's just chords and just rhythm. So you're sort of having to hear, you know, what places could something fit in with and what rhythmic filling thing in the gaps. Yeah, absolutely. Stuff. So we're going to play one more track. This is past the point of no return stage three. This is past the point of no return, stage three. One thing that I enjoyed about that one is the deceptive form. We waited a long time in order to introduce that final bridge section, which I think is both right. of our favorite part of the song. I know I was really mm-hmm. pleased with the chords that I came up with in that section. I was so excited to hear. I almost wrote those chords with Will in mind. I was like, <laughs> ooh, what is he going to do on top of that? And it was so rewarding to hear it, and it just came together in such a great way. Yeah, I remember when I came up with it, that was actually, sometimes I feel like the best melodies that I come up with are when I'm away from an instrument. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, that was back when my computer was downstairs, so I was doing the sequencing down there, and my keyboard was upstairs just because I was too lazy to move one to the other room. Right. So I was going to walk up to write something on the piano, and then I was listening to it, and I just had it in my head, and I had to quickly run to make sure mm-hmm. I didn't lose it. Because that <laughs> happens a lot, um, you know, losing things forever, which is sad. But yeah, no, this... Really excited about this project. So now we're actually going to move on to something we're going to introduce that we've never shared before. This is from a different game, a game that we're working on. Now, this is really interesting. The music of this game is kind of kind of Russian classical mixed with modern rock. 
And what's cool is we're going to share a medley of a stage stage one medley. So we made actually three different kind of rounds or acts right. of the stage one theme. Each one kind of ramps up more and more. So to explain a little bit, we can't talk too much about this game, sort of like I was saying before, but uh, the creator did tell us that um, he kind of wanted it to have a Cold War era sound. So what we took from that is sort of inspired by Russian folk music, but also mm-hmm. with a militaristic sound. So what's cool is the first one sounds like a Russian march. Uh, we The way that we collaborated on this one was that we each wrote different sections, and it starts to get kind of complicated, but I wrote the A section of uh, that Russian march, and I really wanted it to sound like something that could mm-hmm. be an old folk song. And, but what's fun about this um, project is that there's three versions so it starts off completely authentically orchestral march and then um for each variation it modulates up one half step the tempo increases and we introduce more rock elements so by the end it gets blistering tempo and so this is hopefully you guys will enjoy this here's the stage one medley
cool. You're listening to, or I should say you just listened to a stage one medley from an upcoming game that we're working on. Um, that guys, that gives you guys a little idea of kind of how the music works, how it ramps up. So, yeah, yeah so what, in the actual game, it doesn't just arbitrarily jump to the next variation. Mm-hmm. There's gameplay elements that would happen. So then when you'd hear those drum fills, mm-hmm. it would have a fill as a pickup and then move into the next variation. Well, now is the time we have been waiting for this whole episode. We're so excited to announce a new album that we're working on. And this is a Mega Man NES tribute album. The name of it is Mega Buster, an ode to the Blue Bomber. We are so excited about this, you know, so in the past we've done obviously that Galaxy tribute album, we did an F-Zero tribute album, and now it's time to do a tribute to the music of Mega Man, specifically Mega Man 1 and 2, a little bit 3. Uh, I think Mega Man 2 is one of our favorite soundtracks of all time, so it's really fitting that we're doing this NES Mega Man tribute album. Yeah, the cool thing about it is with every project that we do, like we mentioned, we really strive to go for authenticity, but the cool thing is um, I'm really glad that I learned how to use Famitracker because if you do know how to use it, you know, you can't get any more authentic than actually programming music for the NES. So out of all the projects that we've done, this one, in our opinion, has come the closest to actually sounding like the games that were inspired by. And I feel like out of any of the projects we've done as far as these original albums, this is probably one that we're the most excited about. So we absolutely can't wait to share this whole album with you guys. We're just going to wet your whistle here. We're going to play two tracks from this album just to kind of um, give a little taste. We're going to start off with a track that I composed This is a stage theme called Plasma Man Stage. Here we go. Listening to Plasma Man stage from Megabuster, an ode to the Blue Bomber. This is a Carl composition. This was actually the very first track written for this entire project. Uh, yeah, the two that we're going to play today are actually the first one that Carl wrote and the first one that I wrote. And sort of the process behind working on this is for Carl's songs, um, he uses a plugin called Triforce uh, to make uh, mock-ups. Good mock-ups of what it would sound like sort of with NES-style instruments and having, obviously, the three voices in the part writing, the basses, the drums, it's all there. And then he'll send it to me, and then I'll program it for Famitracker. And thanks to the help of people on the Famitracker forums, I've found uh, these instrument files or, you know, ways to program instruments for the Famitracker to be very reminiscent 
of the instruments from the Mega Man game. And obviously you guys could hear a lot of compositional elements that feel very Mega Man, one being the use of those portamento triangle toms. Right. That's something that's so Mega Man. The cool thing about that is those use the triangle channel, so the bass has to cut out whenever those fills So when you're writing the song, you really have to think about where you want those fills, and you have to purposely make the bass cut out for those, yeah. which is really fun actually to do. Yeah, the cool thing about Mega Man is that um, it's very, um, well, it's the way that we're approaching it, which is being sort of Mega Man 2. It's very rock, but it's also very Japanese and very poppy. I think the biggest thing to me is um, the style of Capcom. So it's the style of Yoko Shimomura and Manami Matsume and all the great Capcom composers, those wonderfully lush chords with great melodies. And for but me, with Mega Man, it's just amped up a little bit absolutely. more. Absolutely. It's quicker and, and, and it's more rock. And we've talked about Takashi and how he brought the, quote, band music to it. So what I get from Mega Man music is really killer distorted guitar riffs that are harmonized these harmonized guitar rock riffs that's one of the things that i get from Mega Man music so now i think it's time to play will's track this is dr billy stage one listening to Dr. Billy Stage 1. Obviously, you guys can get that nod to Dr. Wily, so this is obviously going to be one of the final stage themes in the game. Yeah, this is the first one that I did, and in my opinion, I think this is the most authentic one that I've done so far. I don't know, I was just really inspired by the music of Mega Man, and I was going for sort of what I'm saying, the simplicity of the Capcom music, but just amped up with more groove and more rock influence. And a little bit of blues elements. That's another thing Takashi brought to the yeah. table, is the blues scale. Well, um, also, I think... Uh, also, I think uh, Mega Man 3 sort of really kind of amped up that blues nature. True. Yeah, no, and Mega Man 3, obviously, is is obviously a v very big source of inspiration as well. And for me, personally, uh, some of the later stuff, like Mega Man 5, I'm a really big fan of that soundtrack as well. They weren't as concerned with upholding some of the traditions, though, in those later games, so really, Mega Man 2 is kind of where everything... Well, and melodically, and I don't think they're as consistent or even as inspired as Mega Man 1 and 2 are yeah. just so stellar as far as the quality of those Well, melodies. yeah, we hope you guys enjoyed that little taste. Again, this is an album that will be coming out pretty soon, so we can't wait to share this with with everyone. Yeah, and another cool thing about this one is this is a project that we're working on with Marty. Marty wrote uh, a level theme that is on it and sounds great, and then there's also one that I wrote with Marty, and then there's going to be ones that I do with Carl, and it's just going to be a really yeah. fun album. This is going to be another full-length album, so mm -hmm. this is going to have 15 or 16 tracks, so it's going to be a full-length album, and essentially the, um, the form, the layout is going to be 
like a Mega Man soundtrack. So it's going to start with an intro, have all the themes that you'd expect, and end with the credits. It's going to be great. Thanks so much, guys, for joining us today. We had a great time sharing our music with you. Stick around next week for orchestral music. Yeah. Episode 99. We are approaching the big 100. That's so exciting. Thanks so much, guys. My name is Carl Brueggemann. And I'm Will Brueggemann. Thanks for indulging us today, and have a great week. Peace out. Oh, 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 oh,